right? It's too easy to make it all about us. And so as he starts pouring it in, Lord, I don't deserve this and you get it all and whatever I have, I'm giving to you. God, I worship you. Are you ready? Amen. Awesome. Love being able to rally together with you guys. Love being able to celebrate with you, man, whether you're joining us here in person or live streaming with us. Man, it is all about the name of Jesus Christ, about the goodness of our God. May we lift him up. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Uh, Yeah, I got to catch my breath here for a moment. That was just too good. I love what God's doing in this room. I love what God's doing in this church. And man, we are walking through a summer here where it's all about worship. You know, as we walk through the series on the book of Revelation and we learn to just keep our worship on fire, we're coming into the summer with this challenge. Don't lose that heat. Don't lose that, lose that fervor, that passion. Man, no matter what washes on your shore, no matter what struggle comes up, even then, continue your worship with all you've got. That's what we've been walking through this summer in a huge way. And uh, we launched it out. and We had uh, kind of a great starting point with the battle cry, my God can, my God will, and even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. Say it with me, say it big. My God can, my God will, and even if he doesn't, I will worship him. Lord God, it is your will, it is your way, I'm in. May you get all the glory. From there we learned, as we heard from Pastor Steve, just how to hand him the trials and the struggles and to count it all joy. And then Pastor Mitch talking about those tough times that are coming on our shore. Sometimes it's in the form of prejudice, sometimes just uncomfortableness, but being able to take that moment and say, Lord, I give this moment to you. May you get all the glory. Then we heard from Pastor Mark as we were talking through wisdom and this earthly wisdom that is just so pressed on us by the outside world teaching a selfishness and a pride and a boasting and and just how to resist that and to hear from our God this wisdom that is from above, that is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. May God get all the glory as we hear his wisdom pouring into our lives and his mercy and grace pouring on us, right? Last week then, I kind of took the next step. We took that wisdom, that wisdom from above, And uh, just a call out to conflict. Lord, may we not be about the earthly conflict. He's like, just so we're clear, any earthly conflict is going to be started with that earthly wisdom. And so set the wisdom down. Learn to recognize that it's your coveting, your wanting, your longing, your battling for self that's causing the problems and turn it around and give it to your king. And so that's been our journey so far this summer. And now we're going to be talking about a pretty heavy topic. What does it mean when Satan himself is pressing in on your soul? Even then, Lord, may my worship be on fire. Even then, when the whisper is coming in, may God get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said. So turn with me, if you will, to James chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 6 here. James 4, starting in verse 6, as we get going. And... uh, Point number one, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil. Submit yourselves to God and resist the devil. This is the first point. It's 
not really a crafty, creative point. You're going to hear it exactly as that in the passage, right? This is what God's Word says. And uh, so here we go. Let's jump in, starting in verse 6. But He gives more grace. Therefore, uh, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let's just hold right there. It says, but He gives more grace. And uh, this is part of the passage we looked at last week. As we ended last week, we closed with the first half of verse 6, and uh, God just lavishing it on. Look, the world promises that if you just make it all about you, it'll satisfy. And the Scripture is super clear. Man, God will give so far beyond what this world could ever give. You will be so, so satisfied as you trust in the God who gives lavishly and pours it on. And it doesn't mean that it's the exact thing we would want in the way we would want in the moment we would want. God's got a bigger plan in the midst of it, but God pouring it on with all he has. Man, whatever the world offer, offers you, hear me, God gives bigger, better. Know it, lean on it, trust in it. The world has nothing to offer that would beat our God who gives, and he is so, so good. And all of God's people said, and that was last week, but he gives more grace. It says, therefore, it says, and when we see the word therefore, we say, yeah, man, there's a purpose. It's a connecting clause because God is so good, because he lavishes it on, because when we go after self, it does not work. May God get all the glory as we trust in him. It says, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It says that it says this. This is a scriptural statement. Now, there's a number of different scriptures that actually uh, address this topic. Maybe one of them could be Proverbs 3, verse 34. If you want to write that down, Proverbs 3, verse 34, very well could be what he's quoting from. But there are numerous other passages that say the same thing. Man, pride does not work. God stands against it. And God is looking to lift up the humble, to exalt those who are exalting him. It says, it says that God opposes the proud. And uh, well, that's not a good thing, right? May we not be in a spot where God is opposing us. The word opposes, it means to resist. It means that he is going for something different than what you're going for. Right? That's what it means. Like the proud is standing up and saying, I'm going to make it all about me. I want it to be all my glory, all my comfort, and all of my wants. Here we go. And God's like, yeah, that's not where I'm going. God's got a bigger plan than that. So in the opposing of the proud, this isn't some sort of um, retribution, a get even of God. This is God saying, look, I'm going a whole different way. My goal is your heart on fire. My goal is you being changed from the inside out. My goal is taking you on a journey where you're going to know me deeper and richer than you've ever known me before. I am ready to go after that. And so God isn't necessarily running with the same mindset. God is standing against where the proud are going as they look to lift themselves up. It says God opposes the proud. What does that mean? The proud, that's like me over you, no matter what. That's pride. Me over you, no matter what. And uh, I'll just tell you, in the Greek, the word for proud is actually two words put together, hyper 
and shining. Hyper, to hyper, like this excessive amount of me shining. Me shining more than you. That would be great, right? That's pride speaking. Hyper shining, you glowing and you making sure of it. You telling stories that make sure you're the top. You making sure that you're the hero in whatever is going on. You making sure that when you tell the story, everybody understands it must be you that is preeminent in this room. That's a problem, man. And many of you right now have this in various levels. Many of us struggle with this throughout our day, and you have to make sure you put it in check. This hyper shining, this me brighter than you is a problem. It's devastating. It will tear you down. I'll say it this way. It's a disease. It's a disease that is centered in the soul. Man, our flesh longs to make it all about self. May it be all about me from beginning to end. Pride. I'll say pride is a feeling. Pride is a feeling. It's more than a feeling. Pride is a thinking, right? But pride is a feeling of a need to self-protect, of a need to show self off of a need to have self benefited in so many ways. Pride is all about you being lifted up. And I'll say it this way, pride is more than just a feeling, pride is a thief. Pride steals from you. So as you long for your way, you lose out on what God's way is. As you long for whatever needs to be managed in your life, you're missing out on caring for the person next to you. There's all of a sudden a loss of satisfactions. There's a, a demand that people give better, bigger, different. Pride starts to steal from you in huge ways. We know of the one pride, the pride where we actually think we're the greatest one in the room. And we really think it, we walk in and we mean it. That pride, you'll see it, right? It tends to be very critical, maybe even self-righteous. Uh, that pride ends up being very independent, demanding. That pride will usually say something like, man, you are so lucky to have me, right? That's one form of pride. But there's another form of pride as well. A pride where we still think it should be all about us, but it's not working out real well. And as it's collapsing, we're horrified that it's not going the way we think it should go. And we're like, I don't understand why everybody isn't like, it should just be more about how could this have happened? Even how could I have done? And we use shame and even pressing down because we're saying it really should be all about me. Man, God's not on that plan. Satan stood up and said, I will be like the most high. And that was the end of any worship for him. Man, may we not walk around with the battle cry, I will be like the most high. And all of God's people said. And God opposes the proud. He's like, yeah, that's not the plan I'm on. I'm not looking to lift up your glory. I'm looking to lift up my glory. And I'm going to absolutely benefit you in the process. It says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. So let's just walk this through. He gives, it's in the present tense ongoing, over and over and over. He's lavishing it out. He's pouring it into your life. He's giving 
every day in every way, his mercies and his graces being poured into your life. He's giving repeatedly. And it says he gives grace. This is an undeserved blessing. Everybody say undeserved. Right? This is not the moment where we're like, that's right. I earned that. I, that belongs to me. Do you know how good I'm? Right? That's the pride talking again. I should have that. And no, oh man, the humble is like, no, it's not about me. Humble. It means to be lowly in mind. It means to be modest. It means to be happy when other people are being blessed or rewarded. Excited for them that they're being blessed along the way. And humble. Have you ever noticed that humble often comes with afflicted? Humility is often built in the middle of pain. It's amazing how often our pain teaches us big God, small me, right? When we get into the middle of our heartache, whatever it is, physical or otherwise, all of a sudden we start to realize, I can't manage this thing. Lord, you are so big. And God, I am so not. And as we come in our humility and we simply say, Lord God, I'm laying myself before you, it says he exalts that one. He gives grace to that one. Notice it doesn't say he gives you what you deserve. It says he's pouring on even what you don't deserve. In the middle of just being on our knees, on our face before our king, saying, Lord God, it's all you. It's not me. Glory be to God. And this is a huge moment. Are you ready to go after humility, lowliness of mind? May God truly get all the praise. Well, that's a big setup to the big part of this passage. It's not about pride and it's not about me. It's all about humility. It starts to set up, so how do we handle when Satan begins to attack? How do we handle when the whisper coming in starts to press down on our soul. What do we do? He gives us our plan here. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. So the battle cry starts out with two positions. First, submit. Submit. This word means to place yourself under. To respect the order. To be able to manage that God's in charge, not me. And so I put myself under. Lord, I respect that you're in charge. But more than that, this is a worship call with all you've got. Man, this is a power worship moment as you submit to your king. Lord God, you have it. Lord, you are so, so good. God, you get my worship. Massive moments of celebrating your king. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Because he's the one who gives, because he's the one who lavishes on, submit to him and watch God do an amazing work. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And then he says, resist the devil and he will flee. Resist, like stand against. Let's just break this down. Notice it says, resist the devil, okay? Resist the devil. And so the word here is diabolos, it means false accuser, the one who comes into your life and begins to whisper statements that are just not true. 
begins to whisper what is opposite to God's word, what is opposite to God's character, whispering it in. I'm just telling you this, man. Satan is real, Satan exists, and Satan attacks. And all of God's people said, may we be ready, may we understand, and may we go after. This is a huge, huge deal. And how do we go after? It says resist. Dude, this is not a huge, aggressive, offensive attack. Resist. Take your position and don't move. Resist. Do not let the lies and the whispers of Satan push you and shift you around. This is a massive, important moment. As the lies of Satan are whispered into your mind, do not bend. Stand against these lies with truth. All right? What lies? Well, Satan loves to use a few of these. Here's a couple of examples. God is not fill in the blank, starts to tear down the very character of God. God is not so, so good. God is not, and as he begins to bring a whispering question to your mind, starts to stir you against your king. Remember, our job is to submit to God. So he's like, don't you understand who God really is in this false whisper? The first lie is this God is not. The second lie This is a big one. Your life is just not worth fill in the blank. Man, I'm telling you this. If you have ever gotten to a spot where depression has gotten so heavy, where taking life seems reasonable, Satan is whispering in a huge way. I'm not saying that's all that's going on, but that is definitely going on. Know that. Hear that. There is a massive statement that says, you taking your life makes sense. That is a demonic whisper from the pit of hell. Absolutely untrue. Or here's another one. No one cares. You're all alone. It's no one, it's never, it's always, it's those kinds of words. By the way, you always know there's a little bit of satanic element when the words never and always are used because never and always are never true and they're always wrong, right? And that's it. We, always, we use the word always. It's a powerful American phrase. Oh, I always, right? And then you, oh, I always eat at that restaurant. Really? Are you eating there right now? <laughs> and it's not true. But we use the word never and always, and it starts to carry this weight. And, and there's never anybody that cares for me. And I'm always alone in my, be careful. The whispers from the pit of hell tear down God. They tear down you. They tear down the people around you. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there alone and broken. Man, be ready to stand against those lies. This is my God. I will not move. He is calling me to a humble moment on my knees. It isn't about me at all. It is about my king. I will not move. And there are those around me, there are those with the word of God, and there are those who are striving, and we together will worship, and God will get the glory. I will not move. This is a huge moment as we take a moment in ourselves to say, God, I'm with you. It's a massive statement in the middle of our struggle. Now it says, resist the devil and he will flee, and too many people just quote that part of the verse. And I want to make this super crystal clear. He will flee. Satan is running, and it's not from us. 
And all of God's people said. Yeah, that was a little lag. And all of God's people said. Dude, it is not from us. Imagine there's like a little third grader on the school playground after school. And they're playing around and it gets rough as usual. There's a bully there. He comes in and he starts to press down on this little third grader. He starts knocking him around, pushing him around. He ends up getting knocked down. It skins his arm when he gets pushed down. He's got tears in his eyes. The bully's standing over making fun of him. And as this little third grader is hurting right there, turns out his big brother's coming home from football practice. His big brother's on the varsity team. He's a linebacker. He's coming home. He's holding some of his gear as he's walking home and he sees his little brother over there. He starts to walk over and sees him get knocked down. He starts running over to him. And this little kid gets up and doesn't know his brothers come up behind him. And he like brushes it off and he gets the tears out of his eyes and he points at the kid. And he says, you need to stop that. As his big brother steps up behind him and goes, and the bully runs. And the little kid is like, dude, I'm awesome. (laughs) Dude, we are the little kid on the playground and Jesus Christ is our big brother. And all of God's people said, amen, amen man, huge. Know this, Satan flees and it's not from us. Satan flees because we stand with the king and we worship him. It is our worship on fire with our God. It is his manifest glory that moves Satan out of the room. I mean, don't waste your time talking to Satan. Please hear me on this. Do not address Satan with this command of get out of the room or whatever else. You just start talking to your God and watch the worship light up and watch Satan move out. Worship pushes him out of the room. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, dude, that's a big deal. And for some of you that might have just changed the way you talk in the moment of attack. Do not spend your time talking to the liar. Talk to the king of the universe on your knees in worship, his manifest presence exploding into the room and watch Satan flee. So how do we submit? How do we resist? Let's just break it down into three steps. Ready? Three steps to resist Satan. Here we go. Point number one, confess sin. Confess sin. Point number one is get with your God and be like, God, I was wrong. Here's where. Maybe you know exactly what you've been holding on to. Lord, I know this sin and it's been tearing me up and I've been holding on. It's wrong. Please forgive me. Maybe there's something in your life you know right now you've been holding on to for weeks, months, or years and it's time to be done. Lord, please forgive me. Man, I'll just say it this way. Don't think that you're going to hold on to Satan's tools like sin, but somehow stand against Satan. Lord, please forgive me. This is done. I confess this sin. That's first, all right? Get it real. Get it clean. Second, read the scripture. And I'm just going to throw this in out loud. Now, the out loud part isn't in scripture, but I will tell you, uh, knowing ourselves and me knowing me, have you ever noticed that when you start to read something silently, your mind starts drifting? You start to read silently and you're like, "This, this passage is unbelievable. This is so true. Where are we going to go to lunch? What's, <laughs> right? Right? So it's not just me, right? So read out loud. 
You will find that when you put your words out there, when you have to focus on actually saying the word and pronouncing it, you stay focused. Read it out loud. Read it as loud as you have to read it. It turns out you can actually go to a whisper and it's enough, but read out loud. And man, taking some time in that moment, in the room, wherever you are, to begin to find a power passage that's all about the greatness of your God and read out loud. I'm not going to be moved. In the moment where you feel a pressure coming in, start reading out loud. It is amazing what God does. And if you are in a moment where a darkness is waiting on your soul, where a depression is pressing down, where you're starting to feel like life is maybe not worth, God is just not. This is for you. Lord, what sin needs to go? And God, here is a power passage about how awesome you are and I won't move. I'm telling you, we absolutely know Satan flees from worship. Bring your worship, bring it big. So reading out loud, and then the third one, pray thankfully. What did you just read in the passage? Lord God, I thank you that this is you. I worship you. Man, I'm telling you, if the weighing down gets heavier, get louder. I am telling you there is something that happens when we voice what we believe. Say it loud, say it big, do not move. And you aren't talking to any darkness in the room. You are talking to your king. Get your worship on. And you watch God do something in that room that is stunning as the darkness just starts to be pushed back and fade away. It is a huge moment. Confess, read out loud, and thank out loud. No in the mind working. When we're being pressed in on and attacked, let's get it loud. And all of God's people said, I got a call this summer from a friend. We know him through ministry here and they've moved on, but uh, we were talking a little bit. And he said, listen, I, there's just been a lot of attack. There's been a lot of questioning of self and just it's getting dark. And it, by the way, you'll notice that sometimes when Satan presses in, he'll tend to press in at the same time, maybe each day or each week. He finds a weak spot and he hits it and he hits it and he hits it. And uh, that may be late at night, wherever it's at, right? But uh, know this, Satan's got some plan and he's looking to tear down. And he's like, I, I don't know what to do. And so we walked through this and I began to share a little bit of how I came to this three-step move and, and where we walked it through in our own lives. Man, I'm telling you, just walking through losing uh, a number of hope moments when our statements started coming in about the tumor and the brain tumors and the surgeries and it was time to just start leaning in now and we're not gonna break Man, those were one moment, and I'm telling you, it's not the one where Satan pressed in. The one that pressed in the most is when we chose to, it was time to start planting churches down in Haiti. And when we planted Jacmel, that could be the hardest month of our spiritual life uh, as a family. The press in in our home and with other leaders in this church was monumental. 
And just so you know, like down in Haiti, there were people praying for deep, dark, evil things to happen up here. And man, Satan was moving and we didn't know anything about it and it's starting to hit our home and it got heavy and it got dark. The kind were like, it just feels different in the room. Like there's a, it's just darker, it's more evil. There's almost a cold in the room, something. There's something different. And then the weighing down and the God is not and you're not. And, and the one way that I knew it was time is when all of a sudden it became, maybe you should just take your, your own life. And I was like, that's it, it's done. Like this is so demonic, it's over God. Pulled out the Bible, start reading out loud, start praying out loud. I'm walking around, we're going through it. I'm just telling you, it didn't go fast. Don't think that this is a one minute recipe. 20, 30 minutes later, I wake up my wife and I'm like, it's not working and I'm walking through and here's where we are and we start praying out loud and reading out loud. And I'm telling you all of a sudden, gone. There was like a joy in the room. There was a calm in the room. And man, we fell asleep good. And Satan fled because worship was on and God gets all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen. So I shared this with a friend that that went on not just once, every night, every single night for a while, a couple weeks, got to the point where it just got kind of annoying and humorous. Like, dude, bring it, but there's just going to be big worship tonight, you know? And so we literally, well, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm just going to say it. So we gave him a name in our home, just annoying, so we called him Demon Dave. <laughs> hey, Demon Dave's back. Here we go. Big worship tonight. And we started talking it up a little bit, taught it to our daughter, taught it to Alyssa, and uh, she was in the home with us at the time. And uh, man, it was, it was big. And she ended up saying one night, yeah, that hit me last night hard. And what happened? And she said, well, I, I did exactly what you said. And man, it was amazing after 30 minutes or so how God just fled away. What passage did you use? And she said, I was in Genesis 1. And I was like, well, that's, that could be a good passage, I guess. Did it work? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Dad, I got to the point where I was at the end of the chapter and all of a sudden I realized that I am talking to the God who speaks and everything exists. And I'm talking to the God who's in charge. And tears start coming down my face and I just lit it up. And man, I'm telling you, God did amazing things. Hear me. Do these things. Confess the sin, get it out of your life. Start talking out loud of scripture, reading it, praising it, and thanking your God. Your worship welcomes in the king of the universe and his glory goes on fire and Satan flees. When we're down, amen, man. When we're down, God has a plan and you are not alone and he loves you with all he's got. So how are you doing in your spiritual war? Are you ready to give it to the king. All right. Point number two. Point number two. Draw near to God and repent of any sin. Draw near to God and repent of any sin. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. 
How do we draw near? Well, obviously, the admission of sin like we just talked about, like, Lord, I'm, I'm done with the celebration of Jesus Christ. Like, Lord, I'm drawing near to you. You are awesome. You're in charge. Maybe a battle cry statement. His blood, my forgiveness, right? His grace, my hope. Lord, I'm drawing near to the king of the universe. You are awesome. It is relational. It is personal. It is powerful. As God does an amazing work. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Like, get rid of the sin. Don't think that this all works without getting clean. Lord God, please forgive me. This needs to go. Down with sin, up with our Savior, right? Whatever has to go. Cannot take a stand with Satan while you embrace his ways. Cannot, okay? Okay. And then he says, uh, be wretched and mourn and weep. He's like, recognize that we are humble and we don't deserve. And so we're laying it before our king. We're giving it to him with all we've got. And we're truly seeing ourselves for who we are and we're seeing him for who he is. I'll say it this way, truly drawing before God is to see him as he is and to see us as we are. That's truly drawing before your king. Lord God, take over in this room right now. I'm ready for you to rock this place. May you get all the glory. He says, be wretched and mourn and weep. Like, yeah, set down the sin. Recognize it's wrong. By the way, remember who James is writing to. He's writing to Jewish believers. He's writing to people who are saved who ended up being pushed out of their homes, who have rallied together in some other place in the middle of being spread out all over. They're in the middle of fights. They're taking on earthly wisdom. They're taking on battles and conflicts. And he's like, Satan is winning. It's time to give it up. It's time to be done. Are you defined by a depression? I'm not saying that all of it is satanic. Some of it can be other things. Man, make sure you've got medical work with it specifically, but be careful you don't walk away from it definitely having a spiritual content. Be wise to what's going on. And do you have some sort of battle and conflict with family or friends that needs to end? Satan's winning. Stop listening to the lie and set it down. He says, let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. There's a point where you're taking too much joy in self. Set it down. The sin needs to go. He says, humble yourselves before the Lord. No more lifting you up. No more it's all about me. It's time to say, Lord God, this needs to go. Whatever it is. Maybe it's the pride itself and you know it's been tearing you up. Maybe it's a laziness and a selfishness and you know that needs to go. Lord, please forgive me for these things. Maybe it's just your wants have become your needs and your demands. Remember how we talked about it last week? And you just let it start to run amok in your life and it needs to be done. It's time to be humble in thought, in word, in action, and even in posture. 
And I'm telling you, there's something powerful that happens as you put yourself on your knees. There's something that happens as you put your hands in the air. And you're like, God, I'm putting myself all in on this. You get me and don't move. Your king gets your worship. It's not about some posture being the magic. It's about the power of the almighty king being the magic. And all of God's people said, huge deal. He says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Stunning. And he will exalt you. In a moment where your hurts are being made clear, where your failures are being revealed, your God just starts to lift up and pour into the room and the manifest presence of the almighty God of the universe starts filling all that is around, including your soul, just welling up within you. And in the midst of all that's going on, there is a miraculous work taking place as you are on your knees. There is a miraculous thing taking place as you are just done fighting and God, it's you. May God get all the glory, even in his exalting. Man, don't turn that back around to, oh, I guess I was right. It is all about me, right? It's too easy to make it all about us. And so as he starts pouring it in, Lord, I don't deserve this and you get it all. And whatever I have, I'm giving to you. God, I worship you. Are you ready to take a stand? Are you ready to submit yourself, therefore, to God and resist the devil and watch the lit worship in the room cause him to flee? It is time for your worship to welcome the king of the universe in and to detonate his glory into that space like you would not believe and watch Satan run. Even when we're being attacked, even when Satan's pressing in, may our worship be on fire. And all of God's people said, let's pray.